I'd like to invite you to take out your connection card. It's this uh, orangish or reddish white card, and just to give us some information, especially if this is your first time, second time, there's opportunity in the back also uh, to, to just call our attention to you in any particular way. If you have any questions, you notice there's one on the left-hand side that says, I would like information about getting baptized. If you're interested in becoming a member of this church or being baptized, check that box and put your name and contact information, and we'll reach out to you. We are going to be starting, as you'll see on our back of the program, a, a baptism membership class April 23rd. And uh, it's going to be extremely important that if you're interested in that, being a member or being baptized, you, you need to attend that April 23rd meeting at 9.15. Okay, so you can mark that on your card. As you're doing that, uh, I'll talk about some other things. Uh, after you're done with that, just leave it on your pew. See this cup? Isn't this a neat cup? This is a West Covina Christian cup. And whatever you drink out of it, God will bless you. Well, just watch what you put in it, okay? <laughs> but anyway, this, this is a, a gift to you. Uh, if this is your first time here in the church or you come in the last month or so, please, there's a, we have our Connection Central booth in the back. As you, and when you uh, go out into the foyer to the left, you'll see there uh, a booth there, and um, there'll be a person there after service, and uh, we have information there about the church, and, uh, and you can receive a neat, neat, it's not a cup, it's a mug. It's not like a dainty little teacup. This is a mug, okay? And, and, and it's, it's, it's strong and sturdy and holds a whole bunch of stuff. So this is yours. If you've come today or you've been here in the last, you've come just recently in the last month, and uh, we'll have these for new, new people, okay? I think it's kind of neat. Just a draw your attention to some things. I think yesterday we had a tea, right? Patty. Stand up, Patty. Thank you so much for, for organizing that. And uh, I heard it was a lot of fun, and the guys served, and, 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 and did the ladies have to clean up? The guys did it, right? Amen. The guys did it. See, you can have them do it every week if you want. Yeah. But that's a, that's a neat thing. Uh, just on your bulletin, you'll notice April 1st, which is this coming Saturday, is the church cleanup. So join us. Come if you have a, if that Saturday is free for you, just join us in just getting the church cleaned up for Easter as you're approaching. Um, other things you can read on the back of your program here. We have our orange family time today also in rooms 5 and, 20, and uh, 27, is that right? Oh, and 27, yeah. Okay, let's get into it. If you have your Bible, I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 2. I'm going to read a couple of verses. Our text is pretty short today. They're really neat verses, though. And if you've been in the church a bit, um, you'll, you'll, you'll be very familiar with these verses. They describe the early church. They're really the church in the very early stage. Acts chapter 2, verse 46 and 47 Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, 
praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Let's pray. Father, thank you. As we read this text, we're reminded of uh, just the atmosphere and the community and the sense of family uh, that you want in, you, in, in the family of God on earth. And so, Father, as we go forward, just open our eyes, just speak to our hearts, and help us uh, just grab on to uh, what you want for us as your children uh, as, uh, before we come home to you. So thank you, Lord. Bless this time in Jesus' name. I'm going to share a little story. We're talking about food today. It's fun to talk about food. I like talking about food. Uh, anyway, there was, um, a couple of couples are coming out of church service, and uh, they're walking to their cars. And one of the, uh, the first husband shouts to the, uh, the other husband, says, hey, remember, tonight at the potluck, we're responsible for our appetizers, so we'll bring the cheese and you bring the bread. The other husband shouted back, you know, I don't know if I'm going to remember that by the time I even get home. And so the first husband says, hey, just, just simply remember, Jesus loves you. I'm glad you caught that. I didn't know what I was going to say if you didn't catch that. Oh, gosh. My kids thought it was so corny. They said, don't you dare share that. You know, I shared that with the teachers. I shared that with the teachers today. And we have a Sparks before, you know, the teachers are teaching Sunday school. I shared that with them, and they just looked at me. <laughs> so what, what's going on here? Got on the wrong side of the bed or something, okay? But anyway, you know, when we think of church, when we think of church and, and, and meetings and potlucks and things like that, it almost seems like food is just a, just a very, very important part of us coming together as the family of God. It, it's, it's, really in, it's really a part of us uh, uh, when we see each other face-to-face and gather for, for various things. Matter of fact, one person once said a long time ago, they said, if it weren't for church potlucks, the church would still be stuck in Jerusalem. I don't think that's true. But when we think of, of, of food and the church, we do read in the Bible so many um, situations where, where, where Jesus gathered around food, be it around disciples, uh, uh, be it with even the feeding of the 5,000 with, with people on hillsides, uh, when he sat together with tax collectors and those who are outside of, of, uh, of, of the faith, uh, he, uh, there was food right there in the middle. And that's kind of a neat thing when we think about it, because, hey, we all, we all like food. It's a, it's a blessing to have food. It's a blessing to have food in such a way that it's not just survival, but it is part of our quality of life. So today we're going we're gonna to look at food in, in God's ministry. How does food uh, help a church be more of a welcoming church? What does sitting down over a meal do? What does it do when you're sitting down with someone and there's food there in front of you? I have a little less time to do, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit it pretty fast here. Um, let's, let's, let's think about this, this whole idea of food and answer that question, that, that what does a meal do? Well, meals together, they enhance community. When we sit down with other people, um, you know, it's one thing to sit down with them, but when there's food we're sharing, it enhances that sense of community. Let's go back to our text. Acts, chapter 2, verse 46. 
every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. That just creates this wonderful picture. But when we look at this, this verse, we have to remember when we put it into context, this is the very, in the very beginning of this chapter 2, we read about what? Pentecost. The coming of the Holy, the Holy Spirit coming down and entering the lives and, and, and actually the bodies, too, of the believers in Christ. The day God the Holy Spirit just came down and, and started to, to work in the lives of believers, as he does today, too. But that's when he started. So we can, reserve, we can really assume that a lot of the early believers back then, you'd have to remember, were Jews. So that's why it says here that they, they, they continued to gather together in the temple courts. It took quite a bit of time for the, for the Jewish believers, the first, the first ones that come to Christ, to actually kind of get weaned away from Judaism, weaned away from, from the temple culture there. And here in verse 2, they're still attending temple services. But the verses uh, make it very clear. In addition to attending those services, they gathered throughout the week in each other's homes. They didn't have to say to one another, you know, think about us and our schedules, our busy schedules. Oh, come on, let's get together, guys. Let's get together, people. Come on. No, you didn't have to do that. They, they just naturally were drawn to one another. And why is that? Because they had a, a common belief that was so unique. It was belief in this, in this risen Jesus Christ. And, and we're reading here, as we read this text, remember, we're reading about the actual birth of the church. When the Holy Spirit came down, that was like the birth of the church. So this is the church in the embryonic stage, right? Right, what we're reading. You know, and they craved to come together. I think that was one of the real beauties of the early church, is they just, they just had to come together. They wanted that community and being with one another. And they regularly experienced it over a meal. Now think about it. I really think this is true. You may, you may contest this if we're face-to-face face on this. But I think God created us with this kind of innate desire for community. We are, have this kind of inner desire to be amongst other people. And that being amongst other people is enhanced when we have a meal for us to share. Even when we think of God, our creator, uh, and we think of our triune God, our triune God he, he is a Father, Son, Holy Spirit. He is, he is the, the Godhead, the three in one. God the Father, God the Son, Holy Spirit, but one God. That oneness of the Godhead. There's a sense of community there. You know, for us today, I, I think that we could all say we, des- we like community. We, we desire community. And a lot of our community is, is kind of drawn uh, together when we have things in common. That's why when Pastor Corey is up here, we have these fellowship groups. Some of them are divided by age and some about uh, just uh, different groupings like our pops, our, our parents, or preschoolers. But when you think outside the church, there, there's culture and heritage that brings us together, 
same language brings us together. Maybe you attended the same high school together. Maybe you've shared a past experience together, be it camp during the war, or even this group that just got back from New Orleans. They experienced these common things together as they traveled in New Orleans and in Memphis. But it also could be just like the early church, that we're drawn together because we serve the same King of Kings. We have that same God and those principles and those values and those teachings at the core of, of us coming together. And, and we, when we come together, and, and it gives us a, a, a sense of community and family. But when you think of it really just real basic about food, think of how important food is in us coming together. How would, how would you like to attend a Super Bowl party without food? How about a celebration of Thanksgiving without food? How much better is coming here to church, worshiping your God, and having food? And I think it's a blessing to our service. Think about it. You may be leaving the service today and thinking, Oh, man, that was the longest, driest message I've ever heard. But then it's going to pop in your mind. At least we got lunch. You know? That, 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 that helps, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that food is great. It, it helps out in situations that kind of packed it a little bit. So we can see that food can enhance our experience of community. But let's go on. Meals together nurtures unity also. Unity. Let's, read, let's go back to our text, and I'm going to read 46, um, just 46b. They broke bread in their home with glad and sincere hearts. You know, there's a real need for us to con- when we think about community and meals. It's not just coming together. There has to be a deeper connection for real unity. Because when we think of the early church, it took a real act of commitment for these Jews to follow Jesus. Think about it. When a person, a Jew, actually leaves his, 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 his family and, and, and cultural beliefs and says, I'm going to follow this Jesus who was branded a heretic, who was branded a, 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 um, just a a rabble-rouser who was branded almost like a traitor to, to Judaism. To, to, to leave what you had and to follow Jesus was huge. I, um, when I went to the mission field, before I went to Brazil, I, I, was in, um, I went to a candidate school in Philadelphia. And before I got on the plane, Amy and I got on the plane to travel from LAX to Philadelphia for this candidate school, the mission called us and said, hey, look on your flight. On your same flight, there's a fellow by the name of Mark Joseph. And he's going to be on your flight. I'm thinking, Joseph, he's Jewish. And uh, I didn't see him on the flight, but after we got off, the, uh, uh, exited the, the plane, uh, I met him. And um, he was a UCLA guy, grew up in L.A. Uh, uh, he was a, a research chemist by trade. And he became a Christian. And the Lord just called him into the ministry. He, he, he was willing to leave it all and go into the ministry. But when he did that, his Jewish family was just extremely upset to the point that the father actually had a funeral for him. 
And that was a cost for him to serve the Lord. So you can imagine these, these Jews back in Jesus' day who said, we're going to follow this, this fellow who's labeled a, a, a heretic, a troublemaker, an enemy of God. We're going to follow him. And the cost of them doing that. Now, when we think of Christianity today, I think those who have, who have been Christians for a while, you can probably agree with me that in some ways our society simply tolerates Christianity. Matter of fact, there's some in- industries, if you let people know you're a Christian, you, you can have some problems. You'll be blackballed. You won't be hired for certain things. You won't be promoted in certain ways. Uh, it, it, that's just the way Christianity is in our society climate today. So for us as Christians to, to keep moving forward in our faith, to grow in our faith and to deepen our faith, we need to encourage one another. We need to support one another. And that's very, very biblical. When we look at, at Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, the proverb says, As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So as we have communion, our community together with one another, we, we help each other to just grow and strengthen and be sharper in our faith. Ecclesiastes 4.12, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. That same idea of encouragement and support and that strengthening of, 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 of our, what we believe in our walk with the Lord. Let me change a little bit and just read for you John 17.21. This is a very important verse just in the last couple of years to me. Um, this is Jesus speaking, and he's, he's talking to the Father, and he's saying, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me. In other words, what Jesus is saying is our unity as believers tells the world that Jesus truly is from God. And the interesting thing about this verse this is the verse that God put in my head and my heart before we had the patio. And I thought, yeah, wouldn't that be great to have some outdoor eating area that after service people can sit out there in plain view of every car that drives by and they see us enjoying lunch together and just fellowshipping together. I thought, man, that, that is just what this verse is talking about. There is strength when we're united. There's strength in unity. There is a powerful testimony for the Lord when we are united. Yet we know that unity just doesn't come naturally. It doesn't just come because we sit down and we share a meal together. Unity doesn't come from that. Unity comes with the connection of heart. Remember our text? They broke bread in their home with glad and sincere hearts. You know, many years ago, I remember there was a, uh, I went to a workshop, and it was a workshop by an organization that was, uh, uh, did some surveys and studies in regards to the impact of family on children. 
And what they did, they wanted to know if there was a common thread they can pull uh, through the lives of those who have graduated college. So what they did is they surveyed thousands of, of college graduates and had this, 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 this long list of questions, and they had all these different responses. But one of the, the most common responses to their survey, as they can see that cut across through all these different grads, is this one factor about family, that they sat down with their family for dinner at least three times a week. Three or more times a week, they sat down at the dinner table together with their family. Now, what's so magic about that? Conversation. Conversation and the sharing of lives. Opportunity to express love. Creation of a place which is safe and supportive. That's where unity comes from. We want to be that type of place here. The unity comes from the connection of hearts, and sharing meals together creates opportunities for just that. The last thing is meals together. I hope you agree with me. Meals together is just, is just plain old fun. Isn't it? Isn't it fun to have a good meal together with somebody? You know, I hope you think that. Don't have me over if you don't. Okay. Let's read, go back to our text, 46b. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Wow. You know, we are so blessed. Like I said, that there, you know, we read about it all the time. There are people starving because they just don't have basic food. I remember I worked in a, in a community in Brazil that was so impoverished that I remember I'd go and visit these different homes and they'd just be this one room you know, on pounded dirt. And I, one of my first questions always to the mother was, when was the last time your family ate? And sometimes she'll say yesterday. Sometimes she'll say day before yesterday. Things like that. And, and so we are so blessed in this country that food, like I said, is a, is a part of our quality of life and it's something that we can be kind of selective about in our enjoyment of it and, and, and what we eat. When I think about the, the, the worst time to go to Costco, when is that? Monday and Tuesday. Why is that? No samples. Right? Don't you guys like the samples at Costco? Yeah? Isn't it a bummer when you're walking around, there aren't any? Okay? Don't go Monday or Tuesday. You know? They're not going to be there. You know? When I think of, of memories in church, be it this church or in Baldwin Park or in Brazil, some of my, 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 my neatest memories are sitting down with people like, you know, like you guys and just around a meal. 
is just, it's just nice, it's pleasant, it's enjoyable. Probably the most precious memory I have of my ministry in this church was in the earlier days from right after we moved here, and I was not only the pastor, but I was also the youth director. And um, for I don't know how many Thanksgivings, uh, my wife and I would prepare Thanksgiving dinner for the youth group. And so I remember I had four, I had four eight-foot-long tables I'd set up in my garage. Then I'd watch the newspaper, and I would get the two biggest turkeys I can possibly find. And we'd roast up these turkeys and fix all the other stuff that goes along with it. And the youth group would, would be in our garage. Is Gail here? Gail, remember those times? And, and remember, we, we, that, it was in a, just my dingy old garage. Wasn't that fun, though? That was really the most precious time that I can recall in my mind now about the ministry. It's, it's just getting everyone together in that garage and just sharing Thanksgiving meal together. It was great. So when we think of having lunch here every Sunday, I hope it makes it for a better Lord's Day for you, a coming together, having a meal together. And I hope it's enjoyable to you. Now, let's say if you haven't partaken of that meal yet, if you've been here and you really haven't, you haven't, um, partaken of our, of our light lunch that we have after service, then I say that's our fault. That's our fault as a church. Because we should invite you uh, to, to, to eat with us. We should invite those around us to say, hey, come and have lunch with me. So if you haven't, if you haven't had that opportunity yet, you know, please understand that's our fault, that we need to reach out to the people around us. When we're sitting there having lunch and we see someone carrying a plate and looking around, we got to be those, that person that says, come on, join us at the table here. Sit with us. See, that, that's, what, that's that community sense. And that gives that opportunity for us to have the possible connection of hearts. And that's what brings unity to a church. And hopefully, hopefully we're all richer for it. For who doesn't want to enjoy good food and have the opportunity to connect with another human being? Isaiah 25.6, Pastor Corey read this verse. I'm going to close with this. Isaiah the prophet, On this mountain the Lord Almighty will prepare a feast of rich food for all peoples, a banquet the best meats, and the finest wines. Now, doesn't that create just this wonderful scene of, of this wonderful meal of joy and tranquility? But I want you to know the context of this verse. This verse was a verse that, that Isaiah, he shared this in the context that, that Israel, the remnant Jews, are going to face they are going to be facing the tribulation in the end times. And after incredible persecution, after incredible loss of life and suffering, this picture represented finally 
they're in the presence of God. Finally. The power, the blessing of a meal. It's not just about the food. Let's pray. Father, as we think of uh, just what your word talks to us about, community and sitting down and enjoying food together, Father, you kind of hit that hot button in us. You created that in us. So, Father, we pray that you use that in our lives and use that in our church and use that to build up your family here in West Covina. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for your love for us and how you created us and the opportunity we have here. In Jesus' name.